joining us to maybe get his reaction on that as well as uh, last night's vice presidential debate is Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stick. Good morning, Governor. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Doing good. A little sleepy from uh, staying up and watching that last night. But other than that, doing pretty good. It was, I guess it was kind of a sleepier affair, but in some ways that was good. What's your, your uh, top line take on it? Well, I just felt like uh, besides the fly that was kind of annoying, did y'all catch that? Uh, yeah, everybody. I think the, the fly stole the show in a lot of ways. Two minutes on Vice President Mike Pence's head, and that's all that a lot of people can talk about this morning. Oh, you were just wanting to kind of wipe that off there for him. But, uh, you know, to me, it was just a clear difference with, uh, you know, how we view the government's role. And it feels like the Harris-Biden campaign, uh, they want to mandate everything. They want to get rid of fossil fuels. Uh, They want to tell you, you know, if you can sing in church, um, you know, when you can go get a haircut, when it's safe to do that. And, you know, in Oklahoma, you know, the Trump-Pence campaign, we believe in freedoms. We, we present the data to Oklahoma. We give Oklahomans the freedom to make the, their own decisions based on how to protect themselves. And uh, we believe in free markets. And, um, you know, and so I, I'm just afraid that if Pence gets or excuse me, if uh, Harris-Biden get elected, then we're going to see uh, we're going to see the economy. Uh, they're going to remove some of the, uh, the, the, the tax cuts that have spurned our uh, uh, economic growth and um, uh, the regulations. The Green New Deal is very, very frightening. The fact that she wouldn't answer the question on stacking the Supreme Court, basically expanding that from nine to 15 was very, very frightening for the balance of power uh, that our forefathers have set up. How do you feel about the moderators so far, Chris Wallace uh, last week and Susan Page last night? You know, I I think she did a better job uh, of kind of controlling it. She probably had a little bit easier job with the two uh, vice presidential candidates. But uh, I thought she did a fine job. And and um, I just I wish the president and and, uh, vice president Biden would have would have uh, kind of let each other finish their, their thoughts. Uh, like most, most Americans, when we watched that, it was, uh, it was disturbing that, that they kept interrupting one another. And, and I think we can have some civil discourse. We can disagree and we can just present the way we view, uh, you know, the right way to lead our country in a respectful manner. And I think that's what uh, Oklahomans, that's what uh, Americans are looking for, is a little more civil discourse. Of course, Vice President Pence heads up the White House Coronavirus Task Force. And the uh, Task Force's weekly report this week shows Oklahoma's national ranking. It's gotten better when it comes to new cases. Now 10th highest for new cases, but still 5th highest for test positivity. Uh, Last week, you said you were looking at the Johns Hopkins numbers, and you were seeing something completely different. Is that still the case? Yeah. uh, The Johns Hopkins, uh, basically, that data that we... You know, there's hundreds of different data points that you can use, but we use the Johns Hopkins data, which shows Oklahoma 16th on positivity, uh, not the fifth or 10th or whatever the White House uses, because we do dedupe uh, the Johns Hopkins, all of the duplicative positive. So in other words, if somebody has coronavirus and then they go back and retest um, some of the some of those models keep using that same positive. Mm. Well, to me, that's the exact same case. You need to pull those. Uh, duplicative positives out of the numerator. And so that's the model that we choose to do use, which I think is more accurate. So, um, and the other thing that, that I think is important, we're the 12th lowest per capita on, on death rates in the nation. So that doesn't get uh, uh, pointed out. The other thing, when we have a uh, higher than some of the other states on the positivity percentage, 
you've got to remember we have been fully reopened, zero restrictions for the last four months. As soon as these other states start allowing people to go back to school and move on with their with uh, go get haircuts, go to churches, uh, they're going to see their positive rates go up as well. The good news is we are we are fairly flat. We have uh, around a little over a thousand on a seven day average. We had a little over a thousand back in July. So the good news is we are not seeing the the hockey stick uh, spike that the epidemiologists were predicting if you fully reopen your economy. Uh, there is one sentence in that White House report. It's got to sting a little bit. It says, quote, community transmission has remained high across the state for the past month with many preventable deaths. That seems to be, and tell me if I'm reading it wrong, that seems to be a reference to your refusal to implement a mask mandate, preventable deaths. What do you make of that from the White House? Well, we called the White House to find out, you know, why are they putting editorial comments inside there? They were pretty frustrated as well. That was just kind of a comment that was sent out to uh, not just Oklahoma, but a lot of different states. Uh, so we pointed out our death percentage compared to other states being the 12th lowest per capita in the country. They've apologized and, um, you know, basically said we're, we're, we're so sorry that that was put in there because there was no recommendations with it. It was just more of an editorial comment. Um that we didn't think was uh, was helpful, of course. And again, you know, there's there's other governors that uh, that want to mandate and tell everybody exactly what to do. Uh, that's just that's just not my philosophy. We we have got to um, we've got to watch our distance. We've got to wear a mask. We've got to uh, wash our hands. We have to innovate the way we um, go about and do our businesses. But this is something that uh, we're not going to shut down the economy. We're not going to shut down schools. We believe that educating our kids is a non-negotiable and the health and lives of Oklahoma is as well. We have to balance those together because I don't believe you can play God and have zero cases. We have to monitor our health care, our PPE. I've got to be transparent with the data with Oklahomans and then give us the tools to be safe. Um, we're also we're 59 percent below the national average death rate. That's another good stat that uh, is important for Oklahomans to understand. 716 Governor Kevin Stitt is with us. Rick Corey's here, too. Well, you guys announced some pretty exciting news in Stillwater. There is a pandemic research and you know, laboratory going in there. Tell us a little bit more about that. And then I want to ask you about state questions, too. Yeah, the, the National Pandemic uh, Research Center is uh, the first in the nation. And uh, our team of scientists and uh, Elizabeth Pollard, my secretary of, uh, of uh, innovation and science, is uh, kind of a leader. She's a national leader in testing. And there is going to be billions of dollars poured in to research pandemics, not only COVID related, but also future pandemics and what is the response nationally. So we wanted to be the leader in that. And we think we are... Um, we are the leader right now. We've established this. It's going to be hooked up with our state health lab. And um, it's something that we've already talked to Thermo Fisher, which is a $200 billion market cap company that's going to be putting in research there. We think the public-private partnerships. We have Rutgers University that is going to invest with us for this National Pandemic Center. And we think we're going to attract a lot of private capital to come into Oklahoma to partner with the University of Oklahoma, uh, TU, uh, Oklahoma State, um, the animal science uh, part of it, agriculture. We really are excited about this as a potential to 
bring in new uh, technology companies, new science, new biotech companies to come into Oklahoma. And if we establish and get out in front of this, then we can really be the leader in attracting that capital that is going to be poured into this space, not only government grants and federal research dollars coming in, but the private sector and uh, the pharma companies locating in Oklahoma uh, with this National Pandemic Research Center. So really excited about it. I'm using some CARES dollars uh, to get it off the ground. And then we think the, the private partnerships will come in, and we're, we're, uh, we're really, really excited about it. Yeah, with all that's going on and with all the attention to the national uh, uh, the election and such, we really haven't talked that much about those state questions. I know you're very passionate about that. Tell us why. Sure. Well, in my opinion, first off, there's two state questions Oklahomans are going to decide on uh, in November. And the first one, 814, is the T-set one. And um, this is this is good for Oklahoma, in my opinion, and we need to vote yes on it because it reallocates fifty six million dollars to the legislature to pay for Medicaid expansion. Uh, If we don't reallocate this fifty six million to pay for that, uh, there's going to be services that are cut. I'm not going to raise taxes on Oklahomans and Medicaid expansion has to be paid for. It's going to be cost one hundred and sixty four million. The T-set has a billion-dollar fund, and it doesn't. This this money, this state question, doesn't touch the corpus or the base of that billion. It only touches the new money going into T-set. So right now, we use that fifty-six million for advertising, um, like uh, you know, smoke-free bars and nightclubs, and and tobacco, um, you know, tobacco-free areas. So basically, billboards and advertising. I think the money is much more. Sp- well spent spending that 56 million to invest in the Medicaid expansion dollars that had already passed. And uh, so we can insure Oklahomans without cutting other services. And the other question. Yeah. The other question, 805, uh, that one is, is, is kind of confusing for a lot of people. A lot but of in people my opinion, see it as prison reform, right? As, as sentence reform. That, that is correct. And uh, that's the way they, they, they pitch it. The reason it's bad for Oklahoma, nobody is, has been a better advocate of criminal justice reform than I have in the state administration. We literally have moved from 50th in incarceration, like last in the country when I took over. We're now 47th. I signed the largest commutation in U.S. history, 450 low-level drug offenders. We got national publicity, national attention over it. So we are working on sentencing reform. The reason this state question is bad and we need to vote no on 805 is because it is going to put this into our Constitution. For example, uh, it takes all – it takes um, DUIs, for example. If you get a DUI, uh, the first DUI is treated as such – but your 10th DUI, you're eventually going to kill somebody if you continually habitually drink and drive. And we have to be able to let our prosecutors uh, enhance that sentence. If it's your 10th DUI, it is worse than your first DUI. And so with 80, if 805 passes, they have to treat the 10th DUI the same as the first one. The same thing on uh, soliciting sex with minor uh, while on a computer. If you do it once, it's one crime. If you do it 20 times, it's the exact same sentence if 805 passes. So domestic abuse against a pregnant woman. Uh, if you do it 10 times, I think everybody would agree with I, me. I thought violent th- crimes were excluded from that. Th- th- these are what I just told you are yeah. considered nonviolent crimes. That's huh. the problem with it. Okay. So DUI is considered a nonviolent crime. Uh, right. Child trafficking and soliciting sex with a minor is considered nonviolent crime. Domestic abuse against a pregnant woman is a nonviolent crime in 805. What? Okay. Yes. Wow. 
So that is why that's why, in my opinion, um, we need to vote no on 805. And trust me, I want Oklahomans to know I am working on sentencing reform. I want to make sure we have fair sentencing from county to county. And uh, we're moving the needle. And I'm not satisfied with being 47th in incarceration rates. I've moved the needle three points. We're going to continue to move to 25th and then top 10.